0: Eighteenth Sunday in Ordinary Time. Prayer. Psalm 78. Things that we have heard and known, that our ancestors have told us, we will not hide them from their children, and we will tell to the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord and His might. And the wonders that he has done. Yet he commanded the skies above and opened the doors of heaven. He rained down on them manna to eat and gave them the grain of heaven. Mortals ate of the bread of angels. He sent them food in abundance and he brought them to his holy hill, to the mountain that his right hand had won.
1: Reading the Word First reading, Exodus chapter 16. The whole congregation of the Israelites complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. The Israelites said to them, If only we had had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt when we sat by the fresh pots and ate our fill of bread for you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly by hunger then the lord said to moses i am going to rain bread from heaven for you and each day the people shall go out and gather enough for that day in that way I will test them whether they will follow my instruction or not. I have heard the complaining of the Israelites say to them, At twilight you shall eat meat, and in the morning you shall have your fill of bread. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God. Even In the evening, quails came up and covered the camp. And in the morning, there was a layer of dew around the camp. When the layer of dew lifted, there on the surface of the wilderness was a fine flaky substance, as fine as frost, on the ground. When the Israelites saw it, they said to one another, What is it? For they did not know what it was. Moses said to them, It is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat.
2: Second Reading Ephesians Chapter 4 Now this I affirm and insist on in the Lord. You must no longer live as the Gentiles live, in the futility of their minds. That is not the way you learned Christ, for surely you have heard about him and were taught in him, as truth is in Jesus. You were taught to put away your former way of life, your old self corrupt and deluded by its lusts and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to clothe yourselves with the new self created according to the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Gospel
0: John chapter 6 When the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they themselves got into the boats and went to Capernaum, looking for Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, Very truly I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For it is, for it is on Him that God the Father had sent His seal. Then they said to Him, What must we do to perform the works of God? Jesus answered them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. So they say to him, What signs are you going to give us then, so that we may see it and believe you? What works are you performing? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes from down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty.
1: Hearing the Word, looking for wrong nourishment. This second Sunday in the bread of life sequence discloses the frightening possibility of looking for the wrong type of nourishment and seeking sustenance for life from the wrong sources. During the Exodus, the Israelites had witnessed the mighty acts of God with their own eyes. As the liberated people led by God moved into the desert, they began to complain, or oh, Mama, for the second time. Previously, the lack of water it led to cries of desperation. This second instance of grumbling was far more serious as the whole congregation began to complain. Used to the agricultural abundance of Egypt, the Israelites found the scarcity and insecurity of the wilderness unbearable. While their anxiety about food security could be understood and excused, their longing for the food of Egypt could not. Longing for the imagined abundance of meat and bread quickly obscured the memories of slavery in exchange for food. The Israelites would again become pharaoh slaves, foregoing their new identity as God's people. Such an idea represents a blundered and offensive disregard for God. And all he had done for them. God set them free, but they are prepared to be slaves again. Scarcity of food has led to an utter disregard for God's work, destroying their command, destroying their commitment to their liberator. It also demonstrated that the Israelites no longer had confidence in God's continuing sustenance extending into the future. Despite this said betrayal, God again proves himself loyal and trustworthy. Patiently God provides the grumbling nation with sufficient food, sending manna and quails. These are natural phenomena. Manna, which in Hebrew means, what is it, was an edible substance produced by a desert tree. It appears in the early morning and disappears in the heat of the day. Quells are birds who circled in flocks on the ground exhausted by the desert crossing. These gifts show how God ensures the survival of his people through nature. Manna, the gift from heaven, will be provided each day. God commanded that it should not be gathered and stored for the next day with the exceptions of provisions for the Sabbath. This command was meant as a lesson to teach the Israelites to trust in God's continuing and trustworthy care extended to them day after day. Such trust and obedience are the basic qualities required of God's covenant people. If they are to be truly God's people, they must go on the long journey into the unknown, trusting that God will lead and sustain them rather than relying on their own resourcefulness and planning. By the consistent supply of food, God demonstrated His commitment to the people He chose for His own. The uncertainty is whether the Israelites will stay loyal and faithful to their God or whether they will again look and long for sustenance from other sources. The passage from the letter to the Ephesians draws a very stark contrast between two ways of living, the Christian and the Gentile. Paul presents the Ephesians with a clear and definitive choice between the two ways. The Gentile way of life is characterized by fatality of mind, darkness of intellect, alienation from God, hardness of heart, impurity and greed. This very negative and unfavorable description reflects the Jewish and Christian perceptions of life in Greco-Roman society. It was a polytheistic society built on an Exploitative slave based economic system, lacking firm and clear moral norms, poses such a society and its members as pagans, ignorant of God's law, morally corrupt, and disdainful of Christian practices. However, Christians were not immune to this society's influence. They were formerly a part of the pagan world and they continued to interact with it daily. Naturally, some believers sought compromises and ways to adapt their Christian faith and practice to the surrounding society. By doing this, they endangered their integrity and faith commitment.
2: Paul takes an uncompromising stance, there can be no middle ground between the Christian and the Gentile ways of life. They are fundamentally incompatible. Paul insists on a daily struggle against the ever-present temptation to follow pagan ways. He argues for decisive renouncement of the old ways and for renewal of the mind through putting on Christ. This new self created through the believer's union with Christ represents true humanity. Humanity recreated in accordance with God's image, imprinted on the human family at creation. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 Paul's insistence on making a decisive choice between the two ways of life reflects his concern that believers must build their life on the right foundation, that of Christ and his ways. Walking in Christ's ways, they will find the nourishment to sustain them on life's journey sustenance that the attractive but ultimately destructive Gentile lifestyle could never provide. Following the miraculous multiplication of bread and the episode of Walking on Water, John chapter 6, verses 16 to 22, John turns his attention to the effects of these spectacular deeds of Jesus had on the people. Those who had been miraculously fed thought of Jesus as a prophet and a king and looked for him with great eagerness. However, they sought him for all the wrong reasons. They wanted more bread and hoped for other benefits That a new king could bring. Jesus corrected their misunderstanding and clarified what he had to offer. He stated that the food he provides as the Son of Man is no ordinary bread, but a permanent and enduring nourishment. The misunderstanding grows deeper as the crowd asks about the way to access this unending food, thinking about earning it through physical labor. Jesus responded by pointing to faith in himself as the source of enduring nourishment. Such an extraordinary claim provoked the crowd to demand a sign to prove that Jesus can be trusted as God's representative. Manna was the sign attesting to Moses' credibility. What could Jesus provide? In response, Jesus explained the true meaning of the scripture text. They quoted, It was God, not Moses, who provided the people with manna. But now, God has sent Jesus as a new kind of bread, the bread capable of permanently satisfying human hunger and thirst. The crowd was looking for the wrong type of nourishment, hoping, like the Israelites, to find sustenance for their bodies. Jesus was going to provide food of an entirely different kind. The question is whether the people would change their perspective and accept this different kind of nourishment, or would they continue to look for ordinary bread? Today's liturgy revolves about the issue of choosing the right type of nourishment. The Israelites, driven by physical hunger, sought the security of slavery because it appeared to offer them sufficient food. What they truly needed, however, was trust and faith in God to sustain them in the future. What would they choose? Paul insisted that the Ephesians decide on a way and a manner of living? Are they going to follow the common and tempting Gentile whales or choose Christ's more demanding but ultimately life giving path? Jesus corrected the misconceptions and misguided expectations about what he had to offer. Jesus was not offering bread and fish, his gift was a different and permanent type of food? Would the crowd be interested in such a food and adjust their expectations? Would they believe that Jesus is indeed sent from heaven as God-given nourishment, which the psalmist described as the bread of angels? The answers to these questions will be found in the readings of the subsequent two Sundays. Listening to the Word
0: of God As we continue to reflect on the providential grace of God, we are warned against being misguided and dissatisfied in our expectations and against placing our hopes on false promises. One of the common trends in modern society is the constant pursuit of having more and yet never being satisfied. As we are perpetually in search for more, we find ourselves in situations of those we have benefited from grace and yet feel unfairly neglected by God. This condition of constant dissatisfaction makes us unappreciative and oblivious to the many interventions of God in our lives. When we do not appreciate the many blessings we have received from God, and when his constant care goes unnoticed, our spiritual life becomes dry and our prayers appear unanswered. The antidote to such is ungrateful and narrow view on life, is the response of appreciation and acknowledgement. When we count our blessings, our heart is infused with a sense of gratitude, for they are many, and gratitude leads to a more fervent and objective prayer. As we give things, we receive more, because acknowledged gifts tend to multiply. God knows what is good for us, and He enriches our lives with numerous blessings. His plans for us reach further than we can see. We often do not see and recognize God's gifts and benefits. The reason that we are not aware of God's involvement in our lives is our short-sightedness. Too often we think only in terms of the here and now and fail to see further into the future and long-term effects of what we encounter today. Not having something today, we hastily draw the conclusion that God has abandoned us. Yet, as believers, we are called to look into the future with trust in God's careful and loving sign. For our future, the future that extends into eternity. There is a real and ever present danger for every Christian which is to be drawn to the wrong type of nourishment. Today in our advanced society, it is very easy to be blinded by the appeal of the many benefits and developed civilization brings. The unrestricted use, and pursuit of material benefits and objects is known as consumerism. It might be likened to an illness which draws the person's full attention to the pursuit of what is gratifying and pleasant, of buying ever more. But such consumption cannot be the purpose of life because it cannot nourish true life. While there is a place for enjoyment, and satisfaction to be had in material things, we must not forget about the true nourishment, the values and lifestyle that Jesus advocated. Only true nourishment cannot be found in anything material that we possess. True nourishment and lasting values can only be found in the one who is himself Everlasting. God, to be on the right path that leads us to eternal joy and happiness, and to appreciate the gifts we have received, we need to be positive minded. This does not mean we deny the misery and pain that we experience daily. Rather, it means that we foster the spirit of being appreciative and seek to recognize God's blessings and even in the midst of life's deserts. Unlike the Israelites in the wilderness and the people who follow Jesus only looking for bread, we must be able to see beyond the daily bread and strive deeper values. While we definitely need to secure our bodily nourishment, the whole point of being a Christian is to search for food that secures eternal life. That food is Jesus Himself. Through faith and commitment to Him, we secure our future in a way that no other nourishment in this world can.
1: You do not insult the proper girl, for its long love before you cross the river.
2: Action. Self-examination. What nourishes my daily life by giving me energy, purpose, and hope? Have I been grateful for God's blessings? When was the last time I took the time to make a long and sincere prayer of thanksgiving? Response to God. This week, I will adopt a more positive approach to life by counting my blessings and frequently offering prayers of thanksgiving. Response to your world This week, my choices and decision will be preceded by a reflection on the theme of true nourishment. I will choose and act in a manner that nourishes me as a Christian and a dignified human being. As a group, we reflect on the most effective means to nourish our faith and Christian commitment. What can we do to grow further and develop as the people of faith?
0: Dear Lord,
2: Pardon me
0: for those moments when my prayer to you has been full of requests and left thanksgiving for the many gifts and blessings I have received. Give me the spirit of wisdom to recognize and pursue what will nourish my faith and love for you so that I may be your faithful servant on earth and be united with you in eternity. Amen.